0: we <laughs> Carlos Salcedo in at Toronto FC, Jefferson Soteldo out at Toronto FC. Welcome back to another edition of Waken the Red Weekly presented by Footy Talks. My name is Michael Singh, no Mitchell Tierney with us today. It's just the two musketeers here, but we have a ton to get to on today's episode. We will be giving you the latest on the Carlos Salcedo, Jefferson Soteldo transfer news, we have a couple of celebrations, you know, we have the MLS Super Draft to get to, we have some EMLS content, some signings that Toronto FC have made, the latest on Josie Altador, a possible Sebastian Javinko return, and more moves, of course, coming for Toronto FC. But first, before we get into any of that, let me introduce, of course, my lovely co-host sitting to my right on screen, it's the one and only <laughs> Jeffrey P. Nesker. Jeff,
1: how you, buried, you doing?
2: I'm good, but you buried the lead. Our special guest today. We completing the. Uh, we're completing the set here. We uh, we had Luke Wildman. We had KJ, and now we're getting uh, and now we're getting Stevie Stevie Caldwell. So uh, you know it's uh, it's another it's another spot on the WTR weekly bingo card that we get to cross off today. And uh, I I can't wait to to talk to the man. I mean, uh, you know, t- TFC legend. Uh, and uh, it's really good timing because as I looked at the rundown, you're going to ask him one heck of a question with respect to the, uh, the imminent Carlos Salcedo arrival, if we're to believe uh, your rumors, (laughs) not the rumors, (laughs) your rumors. Uh, And uh, um, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have a better perspective on that because um, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here. So let's, uh, Let's go in order. Um, let's talk to super. Drive. Before I mean,
0: before you move on, Jeff. Yep, I agree with with Will Dunn here, who's bang on. Your audio sounds like it's an AM radio. Is your mic connected? I,
2: oh yeah, my mic is absolutely connected. I mean, yours does as well. So uh, uh, I'm not entirely sure.
0: Are you using uh, the if you go to your settings and check if your yes. mic slash camera is mm-hmm. the right one that's, that's chosen.
2: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely it is. Uh, All right, well,
0: you guys are just going to have to live with that. I guess uh, Jeff's going to kind of reconvene here, so I'm going solo here. But, yeah, I'm happy that Jeff uh, did highlight that Stephen Caldwell, the one and only Stephen Caldwell, will be joining our show. Of course, former Toronto FC captain and, and one of the best center backs really, to ever play for the club. So I'm excited that we'll be getting his perspective kind of on this this potential move that is from everything I'm hearing is going to happen, but we'll we'll get into that more shortly and kind of just going through the rundown here quickly, let's start with the, the MLS super draft. Jeff, while you're back here, let's do a quick audio check.
2: Hi. Do I still sound like garbage?
0: Yeah, it's not the greatest, but it's okay. Yeah, we'll make it I, work.
2: Think I think it's gonna have to be what it is. Uh, what it is this time. But no
0: worries. So yeah. I was just getting into the MLS Super Draft and mm-hmm. big kind of shift in direction here. Something we really haven't seen from the club in the past is Toronto FC selecting a pair of Canadians in the MLS Super Draft. Of course, they traded the third overall pick and Dom Dwyer to Dallas for fifty thousand allocation money to kind of shed Dom Dwyer's contract. So they had a second-round pick and a third-round pick. And on Tuesday, they selected goalkeeper Luca Gavrin from St. John's University in the second round, 31st overall. That's a Hamilton, Ontario native, someone who put up really good stats in in university um, and is really making a case right now to potentially be the third-string goalkeeper on this club, seeing as they don't have a lot of depth there at that position. (laughs) And... (laughs) Their their third round pick was Rashawn Walks, who is, of course, surprise, surprise, from Brampton, Ontario. So Rashawn Walks is a, a forward winger. He um he's someone who maybe has potential to make this roster, but realistically, this kind of one I want to talk to you, Jeff, is what are your expectations? Yeah. Do you think we see either of these guys ever crack the squad here for Toronto FC?
2: I mean, probably not. Um, these are, these are developmental projects. Who's, who's, who's the netminder for TFC two? Is it still, uh, Caleb Patterson Sewell or is he, is he gone? So I'm just wondering,
0: uh, I think that still has remained to be seen, but I believe he, he was, he probably is still a goal. He was the goalkeeper okay. slash coach last year. Yeah, I, so yeah. I would, I'd be surprised if he isn't uh, back, but you never know with the rumors that Mike, Munoz is, is gone. Um, you never know what kind of direction the club wants to be taken there. Yeah, so, he,
2: yeah, absolutely, and I mean Mo Farsi just signed with uh, Columbus Crew Two to have you know to have a coming out party in this MLS Next. Uh, I think MLS Next is going to be a, a really different beast than USL League One, and so um, TFC Two, coming off the winning a season in in the in the club's history, uh, is going to want to to make a to make some to make to do some damage in MLS Next, right and uh, I think that these signings are, are looking towards the future in that regard. But quite honestly, I mean, you know, we're pretty thin in the attack. Um, you know, I can see Rashawn getting some minutes over and above um, a third or fourth string goalkeeper at, at this juncture. But that all remains to be seen. I mean, this roster is a work in progress. So right now, at this moment, circa now, I don't I don't see any any spots for them in the first team but who the hell knows man i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah history
0: will tell us the the super draft um there's not too many people who kind of make it through in major league soccer in general as opposed to let alone forward. toronto fc yeah. um obviously yeah. the most recent name was achara for tfc and we know how good he's been but i'm not sure you find achara's quite often especially considering he wasn't even the team's first pick that year so yeah. I think I think he kind of surprised a lot of people. Subasa Endo is another notable name. Alex Bono, of course, on the roster. He was a high pick. So there has been success in the past, but not usually from from later round guys. But yeah. I'm hearing a lot of positive things at least on the pitch when it comes to TFC's that, that goalkeeper uh, Luca Gavrin. And yep. you know TFC they don't have a lot of depth in that position, so maybe he is one for the future as Quinton Westberg kind of winds down his career here with TFC. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And one thing I want to add as well is the, the biggest notion here is let's emphasize this, is they took two Canadians. Yeah. And that's kind of surprising considering Bob Bradley isn't Canadian. But one thing I've been told is this guy is and I think I will give credit here to Dwayne Rollins, who's kind of been on this ahead of time. Like this guy's in yeah. tune with with Canada soccer. And I've actually heard he's he's has a really good relationship with the men's national team coach. Mm-hmm. John um,
2: Yeah, I mean, it's in his best interest now that he's on this side of the border to 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 exploit that market. I mean, we all we don't have to um, re outline that that you know Canadian domestics in MLS are at a bit of a disadvantage with respect to where they can go. I mean, the three Canadian teams are are a much better uh, 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 shout than the American ones because of the shenanigans with international spots and all of that stuff. So. Um, it behooves Bob to be in the know. and I don't I, I think this guy does his homework as a you know uh, to a fault. so it's not surprising to me that he steps into this position and immediately you know has a list this long of prospects within the Canadian system. That's no surprise at all and it bodes really well for the future. I would have been surprised if we had heard that Bob knew nothing about the Canadian uh, youth sport and, uh, and 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 player pipeline that that would have been more of a surprise than, than what we're hearing so it, it, it's a pleasure it really is a pleasure to know that our gaffer is um you know really plugged into the zeitgeist right like that's that's wonderful news and i, I, I don't see any negatives there
0: yeah and one person who of course is also plugged in is, is stephen caldwell who i see has just joined but we'll we'll give him a second here is let's yeah, just yeah, dive yeah, in quickly to time. our next topic <laughs> and that is uh, breaking news i guess today with mm. liam frazier signing with the belgian second division team i don't know really know how to pronounce it perhaps we'll learn in the coming days but kmsk dines
2: yeah i'm going to take a crack I, it was the same as yours dines like heinz i think is, is the <laughs> but, uh, yeah so it, it's
0: really a it's another move overseas for a young canadian player we know about liam fraser's history here at toronto fc we know he's been frustrated Um, Mm -hmm. vocally he's come out and been frustrated with the fact that he wasn't able to kind of crack through and get an opportunity like he's wanted this is a guy that was hyped up to really supplement Michael Bradley and you know perhaps even displace Michael Bradley eventually from the roster but Bradley does not want to go anywhere and unfortunately that the reality is Frazier does so we're seeing Frazier make that move away and it's kind of disappointing just because TFC as we talked about I think they still need another type of player like that. Another holding midfielder that can kind of come up and kind of clean everything up when perhaps TFC does have a lead. I'm not sure they have too many natural guys on that roster. Obviously Ralph Pricio can potentially play that role. However, I'm not oh, so on cool. him being a pure, pure number six. The same with mm-hmm. Noble Okello. So I'm um, disappointed to see that that move transpire. I'm sure TFC was as well because I was told that they were trying to, you know, get that deal done. But it is what it is, but let's, uh, Jeff. Let's bring on. Let's bring our yeah, guest yeah. of honor today. Please, so, please,
2: give, give us a thumbs up. Are you Are you ready to go? Are you Are you good?
0: Oh, he's yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we are delighted to be joined by former, the former Toronto FC captain, one of the best defenders to ever play for the club. Now doing some great work with TSN. It's the one and only Stephen Caldwell, Stevie. Thank you very much for taking the time today and joining us
1: well thanks for having me um, it's a pleasure to be on uh, i excited to, to talk all things tfc sorry about the, uh, the vocal
2: fry on my mic apparently i sound like i'm underwater on am radio so we'll just have to deal with it i sound great no here in my own apartment but i'm sure it's very different uh, uh, otherwise um i mean uh we completed the set we've had kj on we've had luke on and now we have you on so we're we're really we're really scratching off a check mark on our on our WTR weekly uh, checklist so thank you thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be on uh, let's get right to it Mike you've got some killer questions and the first one's a, a real humdinger
0: so. oh, of course we got a lot that we want to get to chat with you today Stevie and Stevie knows all about the pandemic issues with everything that he's done on the broadcasting side especially with the last couple of years but first Stevie, the talk of the town right now of course is lorenzo insigne and what a signing that was for the club with them announcing that lorenzo insigne will join tfc in the summer what was your reaction to to the signing and i guess do you believe now is the right time to bring in lorenzo insigne
1: yeah incredible signing my my reaction or when i first heard about this was was surprised really i didn't think that it was going to be possible for TFC or anybody else in MLS to bring him over from Serie A and prize him away from Napoli. I know he was having some, some issues there with his club and it felt like he, he might leave and try something different, but I, I always felt there'd be a whole host of European suitors and he would probably prefer that kind of move. So when um, when it started to become reality or it started to really gain momentum, yeah, I was, I was shocked and I really felt like it was a, a big signature move from TFC to bring in somebody of that quality and that calibre um was going to be significant obviously to do that they were going to have to break the bank and I mean that in every sense of the word literally break the bank so for me it's it's an astronomical amount of money I, you know I, I find it hard to believe from a business sense that it makes sense uh, you <laughs> know he's, he's going to have to win at least two MLS Cups or TFC are going to have to win the Cups but he's going to have to play an integral part in that for it to be anywhere near worth it in my mind but in terms of you know g- grabbing the, the imagination and and really creating some momentum again for TFC and and, and bringing you know some uh, bringing them back into focus of the Toronto sports fan, I, I do feel it was needed. It's been a tough couple of years, especially last year, which was was pretty dire from TFC's point of view. So in that regard, I'm sure that had a big part in, in, in you know and why they they made that deal and they gave him that kind of money. But he's a quality player if he settles. And they get the right pieces around the bottom they come up with the right style that suits them he's going to be one of the best if not the best player in mls
2: this is why you're such a pro you segue perfectly into my question so (laughs) let's say you can only sign one more player off the back of lorenzo insigne uh money's no object you can you can abide by some of the rumors that are running around the interwebs you can go pie in the sky um what would be the player
1: profile Oh, it's a, a tremendous question actually. And and the reason it's so difficult for me to answer, I'm pretty clear on two players that they need to sign. Uh, but let's let's take in senior. So I'm gonna go for the, the the one guy that I think will bring the best out in senior, and that's a number nine. There's no doubt that yeah. TfC have been been shot in that department. Um, whether Akinola stays or not, I think still up in the air a little bit, but he would be be an important player for me, but if they go out and get a real outstanding number nine, someone who can hold the ball up, who can stretch a defence as well, I think that's important. He needs to be someone who can run as well uh, and someone who can share the goal load because, you know, I know Seba wasn't necessarily a, a prolific goal scorer before he came to MLS, but and seniors of the same ilk. So I don't think he can necessarily put the burden of 25 goals on and senior shoulders I think someone else is going to have to come in and get 15 20 himself so um I think that number nine and Bellotti was mentioned he would be a an incredible sign. and if they go and get somebody that that standard somebody who's you know uh probably on a parway and senior you know, somewhere near yep. it that would be utterly incredible so yeah, for me it would be that. The other one I was thinking about is, of course, a centre back. He, yeah, he I'm, I'm, back. Shocked. I'm
2: shocked. You <laughs> went a number nine first. No, I'm they, in total disbelief for the last two minutes. Like, did he really say a number? Did Stephen
1: Caldwell really well, say a number nine first? Like, like, like I said, uh, you know, with regards to the senior, I think that number nine is probably more important for his game to get the best right. out of him. But, but probably in terms of the squad, if, if if I'm in Bob Bradley's shoes, I think he's thinking... Uh, a centre back is absolutely essential. You know they they obviously have struggled big time in that department. They need someone who can lead, can can run as well, can 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 obviously bring the ball out for the back, can play in a different different roles or be exceptional in a few different areas. And that's that's going to cost a bit of money as well. So yeah, the the two positions are are vital if TFC are going to have a serious run in the playoffs.
0: You they, might you might know tenu- a thing or two. Perfect.
1: You
0: well, yeah, good. you might know a thing or two about that, eh, Stevie? About someone <laughs> yeah. with leadership at the back. Well, um, they need
1: somebody better than I was. I'll tell you that they need yeah. a better <laughs> player than me. But but somebody that that can marshal that defense is is essential. We'll try and get the best out of Chris Mavinga again. He's he's been mm-hmm. disappointing for me, but I know we all know what he's capable of. So someone who can lead him and get the best out of him is important. Yeah.
0: Well, one player that I've heard is going to be coming in, Stevie, is Carlos Salcedo the Mexican international centre-back, perhaps even a a leader at the back there, obviously with everything he's done with Tigres. Now my question for you, Stevie, is history will tell us that spending designated player money on a centre-back is typically, it it really hasn't really worked out well in MLS. But as a centre-back yourself, do you think there is any truth to sort of that theory? Or can you still win by spending DP money on a centre-back?
1: I think you can. I think it's vitally important. I've always thought that, to be fair. I really have. Um, I remember a few years ago when John Terry was was kind of floating around. I think he went to Villa, but he was leaving Chelsea. And I, I felt if an MLS team had got John Terry at that time, they would have won the MLS Cup. You know, I just think the impact of that kind of leader, that experience, someone who can can really, you know, marshal a back line and still got a bit of football left. No, it can't be someone over the hill. It needs to be someone who who can still still move and, and and still has the physical attributes to compete in MLS but i do believe a dp center back would be um would be a, a you know an important sign and a big signing uh i also think that you guys might laugh at this but even like a designated player goalkeeper might be important you know oh, <laughs> honestly honestly i don't i don't know if you need to go that far in terms of being yeah over one and a half million in, in, yeah. in salary. So so I think a tam goalie obviously w- would work, but, but a goalkeeper is really, really important. As we've seen, mm. the teams that get really far, the teams that win MLS Cups usually have a, a solid goalkeeper and someone that, that can be relied upon. So, you know, it's it's often been neglected, a defence and a goalkeeper in MLS. We always wow. think that it's about the forward players, because ultimately when you reflect on a game, you remember the goals or or the guys that did something special. But, you know, if you really analyse and, and dig deep into any playoff run, any team that gets to, to lift that MLS Cup in, in late November, early December, usually the defence has been absolutely magnificent. Like TFC, for example, in 17, the defence was, was outstanding at the end. There was moments of excellence from Jose or Seba or, or Vasquez, but the defence was so solid. And so Resolute, that for me was what won them that championship.
2: Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Vasquez because obviously TFC socials are on fire right now with even the, the implication that Salcedo coming in as a, as a designated player. Um, and, you know, my response is always, well, we're not going to get a million Vasquez's, right? Like that, He was a DP but, you know, in TAM clothing. And I think the fan base is a little, the 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 yardsticks are a little skewed. Like, you know, now because of Victor Vasquez, we can get anybody on TAM. And a DP is only for, you know, messier Insigne-level level talent. Um, and I agree with you. I think, I think you know, just like John Herdman uh, uh, trotting out uh, Doniel Henry to get his yellow within the first 20 minutes uh, and then sub him off was kind of a <laughs> masterstroke. I think, you know, we can do damage in MLS if we start... You know, thinking outside the box, a DP centre-back, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So so I, I embrace it. I absolutely embrace it. Um, okay, here's, here's my question. Do you think TFC is going to compete for an MLS Cup in 2022?
1: Oh, big question. Um, I think it's possible. My opinion is no, because uh, how, how much rebuilding needs to come. But i wouldn't be surprised you know i i think these guys have been written off a little bit too often and i do think they've needed that that freshness to be brought in but you think about an azorio uh you know and a Mavinga and a delgado um these guys bradley i think with the right players around the bottom can still have a good season but he needs to be protected um So I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. I do think that it's going to be more difficult. MLS is getting better and younger and fresher every year. So, um, you know, where we are at the moment, there's not enough pieces being added to TFC to to make them serious contenders. Can they squeak in the playoffs? Absolutely. You know, there's going to be a number of teams that will make that. Um, But can they really have a serious impact? I'm not so sure. But we just have to see what the signings are like. And and, and really, I think another thing that's important to to analyse is, is the style that we expect Bob Bradley to play and how good a coach he mm-hmm. is at implementing that. So yeah. that's going to be vital. If, if if Bob can find that style and he can get the right players in the right positions, um, I think TSC can be considerably better. I do think there'll be more stability and, and more harmony towards the squad. It was a really fractious year. For Toronto FC, you know, obviously yeah. with the changes in coach and the change in style, and a few guys maybe mm-hmm. getting to latter stages of the career, a couple of discipline type problems—a year that we've not seen in TFC history for you know the past four or five years—it's it's been plain sailing, it's been all positive stuff. So, um yeah, I would say highly unlikely, but we didn't rule it out. And if they get hot and they can hang in there and be in a good position come July and senior. Steps in, uh, it could be very exciting down at the Lakeshore.
2: Absolutely, pulling pulling the Sounders is is all I've ever wanted. So I I, I think it would be. Uh, I, I'm I'm reserving my 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 uh, my final analysis until after the summer transfer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's still a lot of names to come in. Still a lot of names potentially to also go out of the club. Bill Manting hinting that it's going to be a completely different looking side come the start of the season, which is about a month and a half away so it's coming up right on us i had a i had a question lined up but actually someone in our chat has a way better question than me i'm ashamed (laughs) i didn't think of it and we're going to shift directions a little bit we're going to go towards the canadian men's national team and of course this week scott arfield announcing his retirement from the men's national canadian men's national team so Stevie, I was kind of just wondering, and Alex actually in particular was wondering if you can offer any opinion on our field retirement from the Canadian men's national team.
1: Yeah, my opinion is that it's, it's really disappointing. Uh, I have to say, I, I think that Scott brings something pretty unique to that group of players. Obviously, we're, we're stacked in the midfield area, and we, we we've played a number of games now without his influence. Uh, but I still think that he brings something unique. He's a player who can can really drive a team forward. He's got great legs. He's someone who can can be that kind of link between midfield and attack. He can play different positions. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan of Scott Arfield. He's he's a guy I've I've got to know pretty well. When my work with the national team, he's obviously someone who who has played at one of my former clubs in Burnley and and has <laughs> Scottish Roots, was was born in Scotland. So we're pretty close we were pretty close and we 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 kind of keep in touch with time to time so I'm disappointed that it's it's went this way um I don't have any insight into how that that has happened I do think that um there was a lot of pressure coming from Rangers uh to for Gerard to try for Arfield from Gerard to um to travel towards Canada and and to to jump around and the difficulties you know the games that he was playing with the national team and I think that influenced them but I thought that it was going to be through that campaign that they really needed to win the league they won the league of course Rangers and then I thought it was going to come back yeah. and so I think that um there, there, there's something there probably between Herman and Arfield. I think someone's probably happened in terms of um you know um conflict or yeah I do not I d I don't I don't know exactly I'm 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 speculating like most of us are but it is disappointing because he's an important player and he, he would have been a great guy to have a great selection option. Yeah. Maybe John felt that as a selection option if he wasn't going to make the eleven it was going to be difficult to have him within the squad. I think Scott's a guy who's very alpha male, he wants to play, he wears his hat in his sleeve, he's very vocal yeah. Maybe it was felt that that he would affect the harmony of a squad who have been doing pretty well in his absence when you think about the the qualifying campaign where we are in the group. Uh, But, yeah, disappointed. I I wish he was there and I think there's going to be points in the next year or so where we really would have needed an Arfield type player to either come off the bench or to start a game for for the, the national team
2: i agree i agree so speaking again i mean you're you're a pro man speaking about absences on the canadian men's national team uh how much of a blow do you think the uh the loss of Alfonso davies is
1: yeah it's it's a big blow you know nobody even it's a blow for bayern <laughs> munich one of the biggest yeah. teams in the world so it shows you you know how much uh, Alfonso's developed and, and and how important he is um Critical? I, I don't think so. I hope yeah. I'm right in saying that and I don't think that I mentioned this in a couple of things that I've done and did some for Centre and I, I mentioned that I don't think that, you know, the, the lads are necessarily like quaking in their books because Alfonso can't make it. You know, these guys are confident. They're, they're assured of the, 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 the larger group and the fact that, you know, if one man's down, then another man steps in and that's been a great strength of John Herdman's Canada it's a group of guys who have bought into the culture that he's set and now it's almost like with any club or any national team whenever you set a culture you almost want it to organically eventually just kind of take hold of itself and i think we're at that stage and i say this with all due respect i think Mm -hmm. you know anybody could coach this national team they're so focused at this moment and that's credit (laughs) to herdman for setting that up and, and, and and creating that environment but these guys are just absolutely dedicated and singularly focused to to qualifying that there'll be disappointment and and obviously it will be an issue for the coaches but i think they can can get by without them i think they come up with a style and i think it provides an opportunity for somebody else whether it be that david Larrin partnership that that we really want to see get going or a liam miller or an azorio in a kind of inverted midfield take position there's some scope there to, to to tweak things a little bit and come up with maybe a different different way of playing or a different uh personnel to to get the best out of um, the team and get the, the positive performance and result yeah yeah
2: abandon technical football put kava out there just long balls all the time <laughs> and, and and be done with it you know we'll, we'll be it will definitely surprise people that have game planned around Alfon- you know triple marking Alfonso Davies so so you know the i have faith in the team i think uh you know they've proved it in the gold cup uh and uh you know it's a blow absolutely losing losing your talisman losing perhaps the best modern left back uh attacking left back in the world is is not a is not something you're going to celebrate but i i do think that uh that we can we can rise above it and it will be it'll be very very interesting uh follow up question. Do you think the game on the thirtieth is actually happening? Like do you
1: think we're gonna we're gonna be independent <laughs> or, or do you think it's yeah. gonna be played against uh closed door? No, I, I oh, yeah, it'll, it'll happen. So that's the first part of the question. I think there'll be fans there. I don't know if it'll be full capacity, but I do think there'll be uh there'll be people there. Uh, unfortunately, I hope it's full. I think it's mm-hmm. important that it's full. The whole reason they go to Hamilton was was obviously conditions and then the crowd, so I hope Canada has that advantage. Um, I I really believe that the first game is, is the most important game, you know, mm-hmm. the Honduras away game. I think if Canada can go to Honduras and, and pick up the three points, then obviously they're in a, a, a very commanding position. Um, and it, it sort of makes that... The USA game takes care of itself. We've had some great battles with them in the past couple of years. Uh, won some, lost a few, but but the ones that we lost... We kind of left someone out there. There was, there was. Um, we were a better team, and I think both of them. Even the one where, where we lost for one, we were a better team. We just, we yeah. just didn't defend. We didn't perform in, in in the boxes, both boxes, how we hoped and how we should have. But the one in the Gold Cup was was a tragedy. Really, like we we absolutely yeah. battered them after losing that mm-hmm. goal in the first few seconds. And um, these guys are itching to. Play them again, you know they want to get at them. They they think they're, they're the better side. They really believe in that, and they want to go prove it. Feel like they've been wronged a little bit, so that'll take care of itself. But Honduras is is critical yeah. for me to pick up the three points there would would really set the the, the pathway. Absolutely, yeah. We've been Absolutely.
0: we've been told that environment in Honduras is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, in CONCACAF to go down into <laughs> and get a result. So it's a <laughs> big and window for really Canada. Like-
2: yeah yeah no, yeah it, it, and
0: as you say stevie as the players are itching uh we're itching to see this team back on the pitch i feel like it's been an eternity when it's been like two months but it's still uh <laughs> exciting to see them back and stevie thank you very very much for your time obviously very generous uh what are you going to be up to this year man what's what's going on in your life
1: oh busy as always mike uh a few things in to go Look, looking forward to mls season getting started and uh and getting going with that uh i think we're going to have three successful canadian teams i really hope so vancouver can build on great into the yeah. season last year and in montreal signing alistair johnson was, was an amazing sign and yeah. really you know put put the money into that and obviously tfc rebuilding so i'm i'm excited about that i um i've also got a a great business and best athletes that were doing some some good work there mm. we're trying to get out to yeah. soccer clubs to support athletes and their uh, recruitment process and we've got a whole suite of services and tools so i'm putting loads of energy into that and just uh generally trying to support the soccer community and see it grow in canada and you guys uh, congratulations on the work that you're doing all of us speaking about this great game and getting out there mm-hmm. is, is only helping our, our country and uh and yeah it's going to be a great year world cup at the end of the year <laughs> hopefully Canada games <laughs> at that. I forgot all about that. It's so good yeah. uh, the early part of the year is going to be. <laughs> there you oh, go. Love. That's amazing. Thank We're
0: you, looking forward so to seeing for you. Time.
2: Even It was a pleasure, and, and hopefully we can do it again sometime.
1: Because, uh, like I said, Let me I'm know.
2: Cheers mate. Of course.
0: Less a than one. a less than a month, maybe a, or just over a month we'll see Stevie back on the those TSN MLS on TSN broadcast. So looking forward to it. Always appreciate your insight Stevie and it's, it's evident why we wanted to have you on. So thanks once again for taking the time Stevie. Yeah,
1: I see you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Steve. Wow, that was
2: awesome. And I didn't I didn't have to uh, break into that we have a drinking game about him on the WTR game threads. That'll be for the for the <laughs> next interview.
1: Uh yeah that was
2: great. yeah that was uh
0: yeah that was Stephen guys. Caldwell the one and only of course I'm sure you guys could tell by the accent as Chris is saying in the chat steve's a wonderful guest to have on the show he's met him in person he's simply amazing yeah that's kind of the vibe that we always get when we talk about Stephen Caldwell uh yeah, very yeah. very outgoing person very really easy to talk to and some tremendous insights something that uh you know not a lot of people can really offer because no one's really walked the the walk that exactly. Stephen Caldwell has and i was actually mm-hmm. told you know this was a guy that was interviewing for tfc head coaching positions not too yep. long ago so this is a guy that knows his stuff in and out he's he's really helped at the grassroots level a guy who came up from, from scotland playing the premier league of course um and then at the grassroots level here in canada um staying around sport. and supporting the game so yeah great insight but jeff let's uh let's move on here we have a lot to get to quickly let's
2: because it's Mm -hmm. funny that that you brought up the the rumor of him interviewing for the for the gaffer job because i did i did a guest on the footy prime uh they do like 14 different iterations of their podcast now so i'm going to misquote what particular version i was on but they asked me uh about danny Dicchio, who's recently you know left the club to pursue an assistant coaching gig in usl at sacramento it's either san diego or sacramento there's far too many southern california teams in the usl but uh they asked me you know why um he wasn't you know ex- it, it, what i thought about if he had an opportunity to go higher up the rung at tfc and i sort of cut them off because i said you know not right now right now if we hadn't swung for a bob bradley kind of higher there would the fan base would have been aghast um it's just it was just an interesting wrinkle. I'm not seg- I'm not as good at segueing as Mitch or, or Stephen Codwell, so I really don't have a a way to close that loop. But but it was just interesting that it that it sort of came up in conversation.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really have an answer to that. I think the one no. thing is this club has a that that needle has moved with this club. It's no longer they don't want the guys that are like Greg Vanny kind of coming in and don't really have experience. Like this this yeah. fan base demands a a name, a commodity, someone I, with a a, yeah. a big resume. And you know Danny Dickie, I'm sure a lot of fans would have loved to seen him because of what he's given to this club, not only on the pitch but off the pitch. Yeah. But then there's there's question marks about you know is he ready as a coach? I I don't have that answer.
2: And and off the back of the season we just had, it's never happening. Like it's you know we needed a hire like a Bob Bradley to to reset the uh, to reset the zeitgeist a little bit, and 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 an internal hire even even if it had been messy, an internal hire just wasn't going to to move the needle
0: uh, at this juncture. So so yeah. Cool. Yeah, so let's let's move on here and we're going to quickly yeah, touch on a trophy that was won by Toronto FC this this weekend and that is by <laughs> EMLS Pro Goal Machine coming through in his debut winning for his hometown club in his first event for the club, Toronto FC's first title really in EMLS. And what a what a performance it was overall in the competition. He went. He had fourteen wins, two draws, and one loss throughout the entire competition, which is absolutely ridiculous considering he's playing the other best players yeah, in North yeah. America. So for him to bring home a, a title and twenty thousand dollars in cash on his debut is quite the feat. So just want to give a little bit of love to Goal Machine. You can catch League now, is Series that, two is is the second of that. Or
2: Cam, <laughs>
0: funny. <laughs> you can you can catch uh, league series two at the end of the month um uh, so yeah i, know, I just want to get a quick
1: shout
2: out yeah. what's his play mm-hmm. style like is he aggressive or is he patient like uh like uh... well one
0: thing he said is he's very versatile so he mm-hmm. can really adapt i mean but he also has the gamer tag goal machine so if you're if you're naming yeah. your team goal machine that means you better be scoring goals and that's something <laughs> he did i believe he led the entire tournament in goals scored per game which is nice. quite remarkable, especially considering the guy he faced in the finals won his semifinal match by eleven to nothing. Wow. So he went into the finals and beat him despite all that momentum. So it was really exciting. I saw TFC Live kind of going off about that. Good so keep I, an I eye on goal know? machine as he as he continues this push. It's the first ever TFC victory there in EMLS. So that's exciting. Yeah. So let's it, uh let's yeah. yeah, potentially. We'll see. Uh, so let's move on here. And I got next on the rundown, I have Jordan Peruza re-signing yep. with Toronto FC. He signed a new deal that'll run through the 2024 season with an option for 2025. This is a guy who just turned 21 years old actually on Sunday, so happy belated b- birthday to Jordan Peruzza. Um, Jeff, what did you make of this signing?
2: I love it. I love it. I mean, I, he, he tore up USL. Some of, those, some of those goals he scored were absolute worldies. Um, he reminds me of a, of a Nick DeLeon kind of player because of where he scores his goals, kind of at the tip of the box, just absolute screamers. Um, if he's got that kind of utility and can slot in and play both sides, also slot in at midfield, then we solve an issue that we, we kind of by by losing. Um, what, what, well, what, what did my mic just
0: Sorry, I, no, I'm annoying what you're saying. Jordan Pruz a midfield?
2: I'm just, I'm just saying, it, listen, if, if he has that ability to slot in as an attacking midfielder as well as a, as a forward player, gives us that utility. Eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're also He's we're a... the light on the striker pool, so all, all signs point to great. Um, you know, is he is he a number nine? Can he lead the attack, Mike, from what you've seen?
0: I think that's his position. I think that's his okay. best position. He is, he is a number nine, perhaps maybe with a two-striker system. I know he has a tendency to kind of drift out on that right wing yeah, at times. Exactly, but he exactly. is... He's an out and out striker, in my opinion. This is a guy who okay. loves playing kind of in between the goal posts and a guy who's really aggressive. I mean, we haven't really seen it too much on the MLS level, but in short stints, we kind of saw that that knack for goal. Um, You think about that Canadian championship final where he deflected that shot off the post in in the dying seconds of that game. Um, He obviously scored a goal in just seven appearances last year. So I think a lot to build on. As Bob Bradley said, this is a guy who they're hoping could take a big step forward next season. And with their depth at striker right now, I mean, he's going to have to. So uh, (laughs) I, I do like this deal because this is a guy who, when he first signed for TFC, he had a lot of European interest. And TFC locking down one of their youngsters that, you know, doesn't leave the club because we've seen a couple already depart. So like the deal overall, but uh, we'll kind of see how this plays out. But speaking of strikers, Jeff, we have, we have a big one here to get to and Uh, that's the uh, Josie Altador. Yeah, of course. So Josie Altador is still technically on the Toronto FC roster right now. Uh, Jeff, I guess I'll, I'll say it. So right. He's not going to be at training camp with, with Toronto FC as they, I, I guess the rumor right now is that he's going to be finalizing the terms for his, his buyout. Um, I told, I was, I've been told that decision was made quite a while ago when I reported that he won't be back as a designated player. Um, but apparently they're still trying to finalize exactly what he's going to be getting in his buyout. So kind of stay tuned for that. I mean, we've talked about it so much, so I don't think we have to get into it too much, but Uh, hopefully we can find a way to, to get Josie kind of, a good proper send off in a way that doesn't really disrespect what he's done here for TFC. So I guess we can kind of leave it at that.
2: So you've heard a buyout. There's nothing with respect to where he might land next. he might retire. He might negotiate his own deal. Nothing. Yeah. About he's
0: he not, he's that. not retiring. I don't think he's retiring. That'd be, that'd be a, a shock. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there's several clubs that are going to be interested in his services at a lesser price. So stay tuned for some Josie Altar news in the coming days, weeks, as TFC kind of mm-hmm. finalize exactly what that that looks like. So let's move on here. Yeah, um, yeah. Next on the rundown, I just want to quickly touch on is, is Drees Mertens. Yeah. And that was something I, I tweeted out last week. And essentially what I was told was in the offseason or maybe right before the offseason, the club was actually really close to a deal with, with Mertens. Um, really, and uh, like when I say close to a deal, I mean like close to a deal with Mertens, And the only reason why talks kind of fell apart, and this is along with its name, let me add. But only reason why talks kind of fell apart was because Mertens wanted to try and stay with Napoli. Now apparently Napoli's off the table.
2: Yeah, they've said. So I'm no wondering if they don't want him. So yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering if there is a way that TFC circle back here and kind of re pick up those negotiations. I haven't. I've heard that there's been nothing yet on the on those matters but is it possible down the road that this is something that comes to fruition we'll see so stay tuned just uh let me just put that that rumor out there as we love to do kind of on this show um
2: i love him but, so, so can we please sign him please just as a yeah
0: fan. i would love
2: i would, I would love, love that, that i would dude. love that so much so damn much i can't even tell you but uh yeah it's exciting it's exciting let's get into the into the into the thing, yeah. That- <laughs> well, speaking
0: of rumors, uh, something that I reported last week is TFC um, have reached a deal that will see Jefferson Soteldo depart the club, and in comes Carlos Salcedo. I hinted that don't be surprised that these rumors are related. Well, I guess the cat is out of the bag, and it seems like TFC will be making a sort of a swap de- deal here for. Jefferson Soteldo um, and bringing in Carlos Salcedo. So Soteldo goes to Tigres, Salcedo comes to Toronto FC. Jeff, what what's your initial reaction here? It's not official yet because the club hasn't announced it, but I've been told that deal is pretty much done.
2: And I've been told by many, by many, many sources that it's as a DP, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, I know Stephen Caldwell's fine with it. I know you're fine with it. The greater TFC fandom is melting down about it, but uh, I'm 100% fine with it for a myriad, multitude of reasons. Uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe Salcedo gets bought down in the future. Maybe maybe his salary allows for that. Um, but, you know, a DPCB for this year, just fine, just fine. Let's remember that we're we're not competing in Champions League. So we do have a bit of a, a uh, 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 Margin for a rebuild. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna carry a DTCB into a season, this is the season to do it because um, we're in a rebuild anyway, and there's a good chance that you know the summer transfer window is going to be just as exciting as the winter one. I'm all for it. Um, the only thing I don't like is having a Mexican national team player on TFC, but that's just me being petty. <laughs> uh, uh, beyond that, beyond that, I, I have no problem. I mean, our defensive stats last year were atrocious. Uh, we need somebody in there. We didn't need the Jefferson Hotel, though, regardless of how I feel about the player or, or his place in the team. like we didn't we didn't. He was a luxury. Um, this move is is a coup. I mean, how do you sell a player that the global soccer market knows that you don't want um, that you overpaid for less than nine months ago? I mean, at a certain point, you have to you have to take a certain uh, licking lick for that. And uh, if all it is is, is is a straight swap for a, an area of need which is a center back and he gets the DP tag, so be it. you know what I mean this is the, the, it's a very little problem in my in my respect.
0: I wouldn't say they overpaid for Jefferson so though, as I think they no, got him no, no, no. because it was yeah. a discount of a deal um, yeah, yeah. but overpaid I think this yeah this solves
2: are willing to pay you know now unfortunately
0: this this solves a, a big issue uh, with TFC yeah. of course that is uh getting rid of of Jefferson soteldo's contract as a guy who you know potentially doesn't want to be here a guy potentially the yeah. club doesn't really want to be here um and in, in return they're bringing in a guy who solves a problem for them and that of course yeah. is a, a major problem there in the back line and that's that's a center back in Salcedo and this is a guy who who's you know played in Europe he's he's got on to do good things with the national team with he plays an important role for tigres so mm-hmm. if he can do all that I'm sure he can and just fine in major league soccer as as we talked with stevie um his opinion there was that you absolutely could win with a designated player center back and tfc definitely need that right now so right now yes that that i can confirm like it would it would be as a designated player jeff but also with the potential that it could be bought down eventually i don't think that necessarily happens this season Nope. um, but perhaps you know in the summer if they find another move there that they can make perhaps it does happen this season so we'll see kind of how that plays out um, but it's an exciting signing. Like I know he's it not really the, the household name, the the commodity mm-hmm. like Insigne, but you can't get three Insignes. That's just not how the budget works. In yeah, uh, MLSC, uh, that's just not how nope. all of that works. But he is yeah. going to be the best centre-back potentially to ever play for the club. Potentially. Uh,
2: I mean, potentially. Listen, listen. he scored an own goal with his genitals on his way out of t So, you know, he'll fit right in it. <laughs> with respect to to, you know, the 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 brain fart uh, issue. Um, listen, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of is the market value the same? You know, Nathan, John, uh, right here. It's like comparing apples to napalm, Nathan, like, you know, M- Liga MX is, is double contract under the books. You know, the books have extra books. And then here's our hidden books kind of thing. The fact of the matter is, is that this is a coup. It's a it's a deal. It's a great deal. It's a it's a tidy little piece of business. You know, MLS roster rules are draconian. Liga MX roster rules are insane chaos. So, you know, to get stuck on figures, let's 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 just enjoy the fact that we were able to to achieve a pretty impossible situation right now. Uh, you know, target an area of need for ourselves, target an area of need, perhaps for Tigres. Everybody's happy. Nobody's doing backflips, but everybody's happy. It, I mean, this is a great deal. Um, you know, the league going for it possibly has something to do with the fact that they're looking for, for that kind of synergy on, on uh, you know, in the lead up to this expanded leagues cup where MLS breaks for the summer months and, and has a little world cup style tournament, which nobody wants and nobody understands, but, uh, you know, it, it, it could be one of those things. Um, I love the deal. I love the deal. It has nothing to do with my opinion. So tell the, i keep telling myself every morning but i love the deal i absolutely love it um you know we need to center back this guy's elite uh uh onward and upward
0: yeah so hopefully this uh this plays out the way it does and then i'll add it i think this is a, a really big bob bradley move and i heard he yeah. was he was pulling some strings there to kind of get this, this these this deal kind of across the line here so Hopefully this uh, announcement comes in, in the coming days. I'm hearing he will be joining TFC in training camp in California, which is you know a big boost to the club ahead of the start of the season. So hopefully he can provide some s- uh, stability there at the back that helps him get to the summer when, of course, you know some more signings will be joining. Speaking yeah. of more signings, didn't, Jeff.
2: Didn't Salcedo, hold on one second. Didn't Salcedo play for Real Salt Lake when uh, uh, Bill Manning was associated with the club? This is great. he did this is, this is some he did here. I mean, he also had was, a little
0: bit of a falling out I believe when Bill Manning was associated with the club but'm I'm, I I'm, think that was more so with the head coach at the time as opposed to, well, to Bill I mean, Manning
2: kamar Lawrence and, and Chris arm I, when Chris Arm signed kamar Lawrence I was like um didn't you guys have like a public war of the words on, on his way out of Red Bull so you know I, I'm also a firm believer that conflict be, uh, you know c- conflict that's resolved reads a better relationship so maybe it's just water under the bridge with him and, and bill and and they've actually they can talk at a much deeper level which is you know bodes well for the club anyway potentially
0: um, or it was nothing yeah. but we will never really know because i have no idea um, about that era never really know wasn't
2: that rsl when that when that guy that really aggressive guy that that ended up getting mike Pent mike petkey was was also coach or am i am i fudging the date? i don't know i don't know i'm just kidding. you know way too yeah. much
0: about rsl man <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh,
1: so,
0: let, yeah, so the next thing I want get, to get on the rundown here is something that a lot of people have been asking about, something a lot of people have been talking about, and that is Sebastian Jivinko. What the heck is going on with Seba? He still, you know, is putting out really uh, random Instagram posts, kind of <laughs> sp- sp- spurring up some speculation here with, with uh, his next potential move. But what I'm hearing, and I think Tom Bogart reported yesterday, that TFC and, and the club had were in no talks with Seba right now, mm-hmm. and I'm hearing that it's very, very unlikely that Seba does return to Toronto FC. Yeah. The club has, you know, it's going to have ample allocation money. However, Seba is, you know, he, I'm sure he'll settle for something around max TAM. But I think that price tag is a little bit too big, and TFC have yeah. other needs they need to spend that allocation money on. So I'm hearing that is the direction the club will be heading. I know it's not news anyone really wanted to hear, but unless Seba kind of drops that price tag, that's kind of where the the club's head is at right now. uh, uh, Apparently, that's what I've been told. So take that for what you will, Um, which is, you know, it is what it is at this point. Like, we have more exciting things to look forward to. I don't think any Italian butts are not going to be in the seat next season because uh, Sebastian Javinko isn't there. They have a pretty dang good Italian coming in the summer. So... (laughs) Not, uh, not too really worried for, for that right now. Um, I mean, I have hit
2: the nail on the head right here when he says, with air quotes, you know, Gio will settle for Max Tan. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak too much about it, but but it is disappointing because, it you know, you and I both heard all the rumors, you know, that it was a done deal. Um, and, and when, you know, when the dust clears, was it because of, uh, was it, was it, Brendan uh, Dunlop who said that possibly, you know, when Bradley walked in, he was like, why are we going for Sebastian Giovinco? Why don't we go for, you know, the new Sebastian Giovinco? And then he just got got sort of squeezed out. He got he got preempted. Or was it his actions in the public sphere? I, I mean, I don't know if we deserve to know. I don't know if we're ever going well, to know. I think, know, I think like- a lot of
0: those rumors were kind of stemmed from Sebastian Giovinco himself, too. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. a guy that loves to play the media and, and loves to kind of he Does play the do fan well,
2: so, unfortunately, like so someone that you know she's we'll, so not very good at it like anyway. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. that's okay. Let's
0: not spend too much time on yeah, on Seba. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, another another club legend, of course, that you know, may not make his return. So let's move on here and kind of finally kind of want to touch on one last thing. some potential more moves coming for Toronto FC. Of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Bill Manning said that this is going to be a completely re- look, uh, new looking side. Um, some players coming in, some players going out. Now I, I can't give away too much right now, um, but you what I, will, TSC, say is,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I will say is pressing. I will say
0: okay. is TFC are not done on the phone line um, within MLS, and I'll I'll say when I don't know. Let's say when someone makes their return in late August, they might may not be the only one making their return. So I'll kind of leave it at that, um, and we'll see if, if those that deal, more deals kind of come to fruition within the coming days, weeks. Um, but Iowa Canola, I know a lot of people are asking in the chat, I'm hearing that is going to be uh, announced in the coming days. We'll see when exactly that'll, that'll be officially announced by the club. But I heard that's been done for a while, as, as I've been talking about for quite some time. And we're going to see a lot more moves coming in for TFC, whether that is before the start of the season, whether that is in the summer. I'll be interested to see exactly who's at training camp for the club, who's on trial for the club. I'll see if I can get any word into that. And, and stay yeah. tuned, guys, because it's going to be a busy couple of weeks for the Reds as training camp begins and as the season is right around the corner. They need to fill out a full squad, and they're not quite there yet.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah,
2: absolutely. They got to they gotta bring some people in. Yeah. Um, Obviously um, the preseason games that we're hearing inklings of are not going to be streamed in any, in any capacity. I know that they're going to California, having some, some inter-squad, uh, uh, uh the word escapes me, uh, inter-squad, uh, shuffle. scrimmages. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> scrimmages with, uh, with, with the two LA teams. So Bradley's former employer, uh, LAFC and, and, and also, the employer of our former uh, illustrious gaffer, uh, Los Angeles Galaxy. Those would be interesting to see. Um, we haven't seen TFC face off against uh, uh, Vanny's new side yet in in any capacity. So um, it would be nice to see, but I, I'm not holding my breath for any kind of streaming option.
0: Yeah, well, let's kind of see how that plays out. I know they also have a, a friendly schedule for February 19th kind of later on in in the, the preseason and that's against Sporting sport, kansas city i believe so a bit of another random one that tfc don't yeah. really see too often um but yeah i'm sure there'll be a, a bunch of preseason games i don't know i haven't got a word if they're they're going to be streamed or not you know potentially we can find a way to get a stream going tfc eric g i know if, if you're watching this you know see if you can kind of help tfc live out because we're yeah, craving yeah. some more tfc content yeah. and <laughs> We'll kind of see kind of how this uh, this preseason shapes up because it's shaping up to be right now a very intriguing one. As as I said, I think there's still a whole backlog of moves for TFC to announce. So we'll kind of see how this plays out over the next weeks. But Jeff, another yeah. another show in the books, and just want to give a quick shout out to friend of the show and one of the best guests that we've had on Stephen Caldwell for joining us. If you missed that segment, please feel free to go back and rewatch because I highly recommend. offers some valuable insight as someone who has been a part of the club someone who's been a crucial center back for the club and what that's been like uh you know as as tfc move forward what what how they have to kind of solve that issue and perhaps that is a designated player stevie offers some really good insight there um but yeah let's let's wrap up now and thank you everyone in the chat once again for being so lively like our numbers so far like the last couple weeks have been absolutely crazy Uh, We appreciate all your engagement. I'm sorry we can't get to all of your comments in the chat. I mean, some of them we honestly wish we could delete because (laughs) it's very skeptical, very skeptical comments out there. But overall, still a good time. We appreciate all your contributions. Um, If you guys are listening to this show later on as a podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. Um, But for now, Jeff, I guess until next week, we will see you guys proud
2: of us we we didn't we didn't go super late this is gonna lose his mind anyway mike always a pleasure love doing this one i love the two musketeers sometimes we don't have to listen to mitch interrupt us uh i'm going to roll the closing credits. let's do it cheers everyone